Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. Bible weekend. I want to share real quick. We'll see what happens. I'm excited to do whatever the Lord wants me to do. But uh, this scripture has been running over and over again in my spirit. Um, because even what Dr. Charles and I were talking about, we talked on the phone quite extensively the other day about the, the craziness of what's happening and going into what we've experienced and seen of a total upheaval in this nation. I mean, there are people that lost everything and there are people that are literally millionaires now that weren't millionaires a year ago because they just happen to be positioned right. I mean, if you were a mass manufacturer, you were like, money! Right? I mean, not in this congregation, obviously, but but, that, but honestly, and people aren't talking about it, but that's a lot of money. You're talking about millions upon millions of dollars is going out. They built factories for this stuff. So some people made great wealth. And I've been thinking about it regularly of how precious the Lord is to take care of his children. Because no matter what comes along, whether you do have great wealth or don't have great wealth, whether things are going great in your nation or it is not going great in your nation, as a believer, you can hold on to the Word of God and you will find out that it always, always, always takes care of those that trust and believe in it. Amen. And so this scripture has been rolling over and over again in my spirit. Let me read it in, in, in Psalm chapter 34, and you may know this. I got dug out my little King James Bible all the way from Bible school. This is from my Bible school days. When I was in Bible school, I'd write prayers in it. Let me read my prayer that I wrote this when I was like 21 years old in Bible school. And this is my prayer of my life. I said, I thank you, Lord, for my life, for my family, for my friends, my needs being met, and your precious word. May your word be etched on my heart. May all my days be led by your word. When I hear your word, may it stay forever and in my heart. Give me your word to speak over my life in a time of need. And let your word build immeasurable faith inside of me. Faith that counts me as righteous and faith that is pleasing to you. By your word, teach me to hear you at all times. And may I never do anything without you leading me to do it. Amen. I think I wrote another prayer in the back. Let's see. Who likes this stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got another one. Meaty one, 21-year-old prayers right here. Burn me from the inside, Lord. Shakataka. Radarabakata. <laughs> that already got me kicked out of every Baptist group I ever went to. No. I love the Baptists. If you're Baptist, I love you. I truly do. I'm not picking on you. Purge me of all that is not of you, that is not glorifying to you. Bring conviction on my heart when I'm not moving ahead in you. That's potent, right? How many people have fell into a season? And you blame the Lord for the season. You know, say, one day the Lord will get me through this season. And God's like, bro, you're the one that put yourself in that season. Bring conviction on my heart when I'm not moving ahead in you, uh, in you. And every day may I walk more in your perfect love. Anoint my words that they may speak your grace. Hold me in your hand, Lord. Never let me fall. Thank you for victory over all of my foes. Thank you that for completely delivering me. I have been translated 
from darkness to light for the glory of the king. And may I be bold in preaching with signs and wonders following. And may all who hear me hear you. May I be a doer of your word and never a hearer only. Amen. Come on. Who in here has prayers you've written in your Bible throughout the years? Okay. I love that. When you read it, it does. It's like powerful. It's a time capsule of your heart laid before the Lord. So this scripture, Psalm 34, I'll begin in verse 8. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on. Who can say amen, the Lord is good? Amen. I was watching this, this, this um, awesome, on-fire African-American church, and they were like, ten reasons why I love the Lord. Number one, he is good. Number two, he is good. Number three, he is good. And I was, and you know, I was like, and you know what's coming. And you're like, do it, do it, do it, do it. He's good. Yeah, he is. I was in my office like, so good. Place was going bananas. I mean, 10 reasons. Number 10, are you ready? Look at your neighbor. Guess what it is? He is so good. And you're like, yeah, he is. If you're wondering what does Pastor Caleb do during his free time, this apparently is what I do. I find crazy YouTube videos and be like, he's so good. Yeah. If you ain't had a praise break in a while, you need to take one, son. You old stiff neck religious you. You need to break free and give a little Holy Ghost shuffle from time to time. You ain't got the little pep in your step. You ain't twisted an ankle serving the Lord in a while. You need to ask yourself, are you even pressing through? If your watch ain't regulating worship as exercise, i got to ask you, is it even a sacrifice of praise? If there's not a calorie count assigned to it, we got to talk. I mean, I don't know about you, but I had two cupcakes before worship because I was coming out here to give God everything. Shabba-ba-ba-ba. You look at them and tiling them up, 600 calories. You get out here, you're like, three them. What's Pastor Caleb doing right now? He just had another cupcake. <laughs> He's so good. He is good, though, isn't he? Who can say the Lord is good? Who can say the Lord is good ten times? Come on, do you believe it? Has he been good? Is he still good? Yes, he is. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Fear the Lord, you saints, for there is no want for those that fear him. This is the scripture that's gone over and over again in my spirit. Young lions do lack, and they suffer hunger. But those that seek the Lord shall not want for any good thing. Did you grab that right there? So scary lions, they can lack, but people that will fear the Lord and seek after him will not want for any good thing. Come you, you children, hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. And the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. Isn't that powerful? I was looking at the nations right now, 
And it's common to see people that love God, no matter what happened over the last 12 months, God saw them through and they never suffered and they never lacked. And people were even thinking they were going to not have a way through. And yet God came through in the midnight hour because that's the God that we serve. If that is your testimony, give God a shout of praise for it. Come on, he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. You keep your eyes on the Lord. You will never suffer anything. Just a couple of scriptures or, or chapters over. David said these words. I have been young and now I'm old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Who can say that that is your testimony and will be your children's children's testimony? If you believe it, give the Lord a shout of praise. Listen, what we're going to do tonight, we're going to sow a seed of faith to the Lord, and then we're going to get into the, to the message, and I'm going to just flow with the Holy Ghost tonight. So I expect God's going to do excellent things in this building tonight. But I want you to ask the Lord, what does he want you to do right now? Be obedient to do whatever the Lord lays on your heart to do. But as you give your gift, thank the Lord for his faithfulness in your life. Some of you guys have seen testimony after testimony of just the, the righteous supply of heaven. You've seen miracle after miracle. You've had unexplainable things happen. In this room, I would venture to say people have seen money appear that didn't even have money. It's crazy how that works, isn't it? Who in here likes that when the Lord does that? Some of you, the Lord gave business ideas to, strategies, maybe even years ago, that set you up to where you'll never be in lack. It's the faithfulness of God to take care of those. Those that fear the Lord will never lack any good thing. Amen. Father, thank you for the honor and the privilege to sow into your kingdom tonight. You're an awesome God. Lord, everything we give to you, your word declares it goes into the account in heaven. It basically means that we can never outgive you, God. That everything we give you take note of and you reward us so openly and freely. We just thank you for it, God. You are the greatest investment we could ever make. And every time we give to your kingdom, we pray, Lord, may you advance your kingdom. May you grow it. May you multiply it. May souls be saved. May your name be preached. May miracles astound this generation. And may we see a glorious shaking in this nation of the body of Christ truly encountering the purity of heaven and walking in that for this generation to see. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ushers, go ahead and pass the buckets tonight. I want to read a prophecy tonight that Tim that runs our, our, our prayer group gave me that I feel like goes into what the Lord had laid on my heart to speak about tonight. This prophecy was spoken by Kenneth Hagin. Does everybody in here know who Kenneth Hagin is? Anybody not know who Kenneth Hagin is? Raise your hand if you don't know who Kenneth Hagin is. Okay, Kenneth Hagin started what was called Rama in Tulsa that blew up to be really and in, in totally international known ministry, the word of faith movement, so to speak. He was young and on his deathbed as a teenager, and the Lord supernaturally healed him based upon the scripture in James that the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. He was healed, came up out of his deathbed, and, and was used mightily of the Lord to shake America primarily and beyond. So a lot of people call him Papa. He was known as a general in the body of Christ in the realms of faith. Amen. There's a many, many hours and hours of his videos on YouTube. I would indulge yourself to watch that right after you watch the 10 reasons why I praise the Lord. Slip on over to Kenneth Hagin. Amen.
you're welcome. It will bless you a lot more than anything else you could watch. So this word was spoken in 1983. April 28, 1983. Kenneth Hagin was, was in many terms called a prophet too. He prophesied quite often and he said regarding an end time move of God. And before I read this, I would say that a lot of this has really happened. One of the first things you got to understand about God is even though we would mark that, that we feel like there's been drier seasons in the body of Christ compared to things that we study, God has always been moving on the earth. God has never taken a hi- hiatus. The Holy Spirit never departed for a sabbatical and decided to come back after people fasted. It's just God moves where people respond to Him. Are you with me right now? Do you think that God's just going to show up to a bunch of people that are stiff-necked with no honor in their hearts for God, he's not moved by that. God is looking for people with a heart posture of worship and praise that will honor his presence. Why is that? Because God is not indebted to any man. I heard it the other day that God is humble because God is all-powerful. And when you have all power, you can be humble. But when you have limited power, you get cocky because you're always trying to prove you have power. But God doesn't have to prove it. He's got it. And anybody that would ever rise up to try and act like they had more power, God is not bothered by that. We had a dog named Titan. He was an Alaskan Malamute. He was like a 150-pound dog. He was huge. When you were on the couch, he would come over and eat what you had up by your, you know, it was just like, like, Titan, you little turd, get over there in the corner. And then he'd fart on you and go away. Huge dog. You didn't realize how big he was until you took him outside and put him by a German Shepherd, which is a big dog, and the German Shepherd looks like a little Chihuahua. You're like, Titan, you're a big boy. But when German Shepherds would bark at him, he would literally not even get, he'd just look at him like. And he would walk away. But if a squirrel came in, bro, you were skiing down the parking lot with Titan. (laughs) Squirrel. It's gone. We had to get rid of him because my wife was pregnant and she was worried that we would lose the baby. When she had to walk the dog. Because he'd pull you down the steps. He really would. He was a sled dog. Those things are powerful. But I wanted to say that before I read this. But I'll say this. I, I feel that we're in such a heightened spiritual time right now. Do you feel that? I mean, who in here has been having more dreams than you've ever had? Spiritual dreams, not pizza dreams. I dreamed last night, Pastor Caleb, there was a tulip, you know, okay, just shut up. There was green silly string spray, okay, yep, all right, yep. Some people are seers, some people are not. First of all, don't ask to be used in the prophetic, because you have a responsibility if God's going to show you something, that you actually have a responsibility to heaven to partner with that and see that come to pass. So it's better to just be like a little kid and just show up. Whatever he gives you at that time, you do it, and it's a lot easier. Amen? All right. Great visions can be a burden if you don't know how to handle them. All right. He said this, in this move, in this move, in this move, that is about to come. Even And even now, you're on the edge of it right now. It will not be altogether something new that you've never seen. It'll be a combination of everything you've seen put together and then plus a little bit more. In this move of God that is about to spring upon you, there will be a manifestation of casting out demons that you haven't seen yet. Now, some have drawn back from casting out demons. 
The Spirit of God said, I began to move along that line a few years ago and men began to abort the move because they mixed some of their own thinking in on it and they tried to control it and do it according to their pattern and according to the way that we think it ought to be done. But we haven't seen anything yet of what you're about to do in the realm of dealing with demons. For demons, demons have been let loose upon the earth. They are going about as never before because they know their time is short. And so in this multiplication, the advance of demon activity, there will be the activity of the Holy Ghost as well. Demons that have harassed men, demons that have held ministries in check will leave. And you have not yet seen what you will see in the area of dealing with demons, casting out demons, exercising authority over demons. And we're about to step into it like you'd step through a door into another room. Secondly, says the Spirit of God, you have not seen the revival of divine healing that you're about to see. Come on, now I feel this one strong. Yes, you saw those that I raised up. You've seen men and women mightily used of my spirit. I sent them forth as a pilot program to, train, to try to train you. But many just looked at them and lifted them up. Some of them were lifted up in pride and the anointing left them. Some became money-minded and they lost their anointing. But there will arise a group in this day that's a brand new breed. Come on, if that's you, give the Lord a shout of praise. <laughs> Grab this right now. They will not be greedy of filthy lucre. They'll not be wanting to attract attention unto themselves. They would care less whether God uses people like me. They would rather God use you. And God will not use just ministers. He's going to begin to use laymen. There's a revival of divine healing such as you've not seen in your lifetime or read about or heard about, says the Lord God Almighty. And a revival of the supernatural. Not only the supernatural in casting out of devils and not only the supernatural in healing the sick, not only the supernatural in speaking with other tongues, but the supernatural in the realm of the seen realm. Men will begin to see the glory of God. A cloud will hang over certain congregations, even the church building for days at a time. And people that pass by, sinner and saint alike, will say, what in the world is that? I have never seen anything like that. And there will be in other places the fire of the Spirit. Oh, yes. In the spirit realm, some of us have seen it. In the spirit realm, we've been conscious of the fire of God, but the fire will actually begin to come into manifestation. There will be people, sinners as well as saints, that will see fire over all the heads of the people. There will be people driving down Hook Street. Let's just say Hook Street. He didn't say Hook Street, but I feel like he meant to. There will be people driving down the street or down the highway and they will see a fire on top of the buildings and they will come and say, what does all of this mean? But you see, the Lord will use signs of His presence to bring people in in the last days into the fullness of His Spirit and into full salvation. Signs, signs, what kinds of glorious signs. Miraculous things in the realm of the Spirit. I feel like I'm reading this pretty well. I mean... He, you're grabbing the emotion? Like I, you're well, I practiced three, four times. Okay. Tractor beam right back to it. Come on, focus, people. Holy moment. <laughs> Miraculous things in the realm of the spirit. They will be manifested in the realm of the physical. The glory of God will fall. The power of God will be in manifestation. Men will 
and women too will even be transported like Philip was and found in another place. And great, great, great shall be the reward thereof. For the Lord God is the same today as he was yesterday. His power has not diminished. His name is still the same. Today he can still make an iron axe head float. Today he can still divide a river just for two men to walk across. Today he can still feed 5,000 with a little boy's lunch. He is a miracle working God. Brag on him. Lift him up. Draw attention unto him. Tell people how great he is. Get up in faith and tell the great things that he is going to do. He will move and keep his word with you and many shall be astonished. God, take a tongue break right now. I feel fire in this place. But the greatest miracle of all is that there will be so many people, fish, caught in the nets that the nets cannot hold them all. There will not be enough church houses to hold the people that God is going to save. For the purpose of all of this is that we would might be made fishers of men. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But quit fishing. Quit fishing in your bathtub. There's not any fish in your bathtub. Go out where the fish are. Throw out the net. Not the hook, but the net. Pull it in and bring them in. And the glory of the Lord shall shine. And the end time shall come, and you will stand in the place of ministry that you've not stood in before. And you will stand in the place that's been ordained for you before the foundation of the earth. And if it were, if it could, if it could, if it could be told you, if we were able to tell you in human language that which will conspire or transpire in some of your lives, your mind would not be able to comprehend it. It would blow your mind. But you're going to see it. You'll rejoice in it. And you'll be glad of it. It's just out there. A little ways in front of you. Therefore be faithful. Be joyous. And rejoice in the Lord always. And he shall bring it to pass. Many shall go and tell the story. And his great glory will show. And the power of God and manifestation shall be the gifts of the spirit. The manifestation of his spirit. Into full potential shall come the ministry gifts. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher too. They shall flow as one. Ha, 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 ha. Literally says that, okay. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> <laughs> one body and in one spirit they shall go forth to conquer and to do his deeds and great shall be the reward thereof thank him glory to God now let me give you a further word watch this of wisdom and advice being conscious of a mighty move in your spirit Wanting and desiring to do the will of God. But don't try to do it yourself. Learn how to relax and flow with the Spirit. Don't try and figure it out in your head. What does He want me to do? Just learn to relax and flow with the Spirit. And it will take care of itself and you don't have to worry. 
You see, moving into that place of ministry or whatever it is, whether it's full-time ministry, pulpit ministry, personal ministry, or whatever your place is in the body of Christ, moving into that place is fueled by prayer, fired by the Spirit, and ignited with His glory. But you see, if there's no fuel, there's nothing to ignite. You see, it's like the furnace. There's a pilot light there that, that, that fires the thing. And then when the whole thing has become ignited, then the heat begins to flow out. Ha, 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 ha. It's in there. <laughs> Can you see what he's saying? Fueled by prayer, fired by the Spirit, ignited with his glory. Hallelujah. You see, if there's no fuel there, then there's nothing to fire. And if there's no fuel, there's nothing to fire. Fueled by prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. As I said, I believe we have seen great things. Even before my time of getting saved, God was moving explosively across America in the 90s that literally rippled to the nations of the world. So I'm not trying to say that God has been dormant and not been moving. But what I'm telling you is awake in you a passion for more. Stir yourself to a place of understanding that God is looking to do explosive miracles in Claremont today. Not tomorrow, not eight months from now, not as we prepare, but God is literally itching at the banisters of heaven for an army of people to rise up in this hour. And what I'm beginning to see by the Lord is, is you've got to take responsibility for your area. Come on, somebody. People have got distracted trying to build names for themselves that are known across the nations of the world. Meanwhile, in their own neighborhood, people are going to split hell wide open. Let me tell you something. God is looking for people that would grab a hold of their local area and say, Lord, you didn't place us here to waste time. And everything that you would pour out in Africa, you would pour out in Lake County as well. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're the exalted one, whether they are in Africa or in America. And God is looking for people that would grab a hold of that tonight the title of my message is a personal call to revival for too long we've studied the revivals of the past the great Azusa Street revival I've read much about of William Seymour an African-American preacher that preached with such power miracles would pop he was a one-eyed man that would come down and stick a bucket on his head imagine coming to church and I put a bucket on my head Brecken not for 10 minutes, but an hour sometimes. And miracles would begin to pop. People would say it's because he was so humble that God used him. But then if you read more, there's a story about a young woman that was touched and filled with the Holy Ghost in Topeka, Kansas. And the outpouring of the Topeka, Kansas outpouring. That brought back the Holy Spirit into Los Angeles. And would pray night in and night out with a group of people saying, God, send revival to Los Angeles. Shake Los Angeles. Shake Los Angeles. And one night the Lord gave them a vision. I'm an African-American preacher that was preaching at the stoop of his house. And they said, I'm going to send him to you. And when he comes, I want you to back him. And I want you to raise an offering. And I want you to find a building. And I'm going to move across this area. And here he's William Seymour preaching on the stoop of his house. And the government came and told him he couldn't do it anymore. They shut him down and they threatened him. So he prayed and he asked the Lord, what do I do? The Lord said, get on a train in the midnight hour and ride to the other side of town. 
Keep in mind, this is when segregation was strong. African-American man sent in the middle of the night to the white side of town, knocked on a door. A bunch of ladies opened the door. He said, this sounds weird, but I believe the Lord wanted me to come here. They said, we've been praying. God said you would come here. We've taken up an offering. We've secured a building. And the whole thing blew up. What I want to put your attention to is we read that and we love that. But none of that matters. If there wasn't a group of hungry people that would assemble in a warehouse on Bonnie Bray Street and don't care if he's got a bucket on his head and they don't care how the building got secured. They just had a hunger on the inside and said, God, if you're going to move anywhere, we're going to find that movement. What I want to awaken you tonight is your presence matters. Every great revival was marked by one thing. Not the preacher and the talent that he had, but the fact that thousands would flock to hear the word of the God, word of the Lord. I'm telling you, we are on this right now. The day is coming swiftly in this nation where the churches cannot hold the people that are going to be rushing to hear the word of the Lord preach because there is a hunger stirring in the hearts of people and they are drawing a line within themselves that they don't even know and they're coming to a place where they say we are sick and tired of the fake. I don't want fake. If it even looks fake, I'm running away from it. But if it even has a hint of true power, I'm going to flock to that place and I'm going to squeeze everything I can out of it. And you are those people. Jesus, there's a personal call to revival. We would always prop up a preacher, but it's never been a preacher. There's always been talented public speakers. The difference is, is where are the people that are hungry enough to show up and say, I'm going to be in the place because God matters. And what he's doing matters. And stirring up an, an, an expectation and an atmosphere that is so heated for God to move in. That people are healed even when they doubt. Are you with me? That there's a place we can get to where the atmosphere comes so charged by our expectation that a person totally cold to God walks in and still gets a breakthrough because we have charged this place so strong, man, that the Holy Ghost just blows in like a freight train. Jesus, even the Hebrides revival, I love that one and I read about it many times. The one that uh, President Trump's great aunts were a part of praying in this revival. Unbelievable heritage spiritually. Same thing, Duncan Campbell. Everybody said Duncan Campbell. I listened to hours of Duncan Campbell preach. He's not even that great of a preacher. My wife's better. And he would even say, and I'm not saying this to knock the guy. I'm saying what he said. He would say from his own mouth, when I walked into the Hebrides place, it was not me that brought revival. It was already there. He said, I wanted to go back to the parish the first night and go to sleep. But when I tried to walk down the aisle, people were running into the building. And when I got outside, there were hundreds outside. He said, I didn't bring it. It was already there. They were crying out to God till the wee hours of the morning. He said, I've never even seen true repentance until I walked into that place. He said, what God did in that island chain shook the entire region. But it didn't start with me. I was merely a tool that God used in the midst of it. Are you with me right now? 
What I'm trying to tell you is for so long we try to pick just like we do in sports. Look at the quarterback. Look at the lead guy. He must be the one that turns it all around. But God's been saying the whole time, stop looking at the vessel that I use as a mouth because the whole body is useless if all it is is a mouth. He says your part to play in it is just as potent and just as precious to me. And I'm telling you this move that we're in the midst of is a move of the body of Christ arising and walking in the supernatural power of God so that the devil doesn't know what name to fear. It's you. It's you. We don't need a bunch of followers. We just need to follow one. There's a personal call to revival. Are you willing to press through Press through all the junk of this world. Press through everything that comes against you and every attack and every spiritual thought and every bombardment and every religious devil that tries to tell you you're losing your mind. You've heard them. Come on, who's been picked on? We've all been picked on. Been picked on so much, we don't even think people like us anymore. And then when someone's kind to us, we're like, oh, praise God. I thought that you would think I'm weird. Everybody seems to think that I'm weird. I tried to grow a beard just to hide who I used to be. And I'm telling you, it's working. People really respond to me now. They love the bearded guy. Had I known I would have grown a beard when I was three, it changed my whole life. I mean, think about it. Abraham Lincoln had a beard, and everybody loved that dude, except for the guy that killed him. Jesus, there's a personal call to revival. It's got to get personal to you. I think basically we always just try and pass the buck. It's like, man, I thank, thank God that he raises up these great generals that will go and make something happen. But what about you? What about us? What are we here for? Are we chopped liver or are we just a person sitting in the crowd? No, we are people that carry the fullness of God on the inside of us. That the same measure of faith that he's given to any great person in the past, he's given to you. And you just have to take it as a personal call to begin to operate in that realm. And realizing it was never in God's mind about building another kingdom within his kingdom. It was always about his kingdom. Is my kingdom being, being grown? Is my kingdom being fed? Are my people growing? Is it multiplying? It was always, people say, is it about people? It's always been about people. Come on, you think that God cares about buildings? There is not a building on the planet that could impress God. The Taj Mahal looks like a Lego playhouse to our God. Come on. Seriously, have you ever looked at something your kid made and thought, oh, it's, you know, well, okay, I, I shouldn't say that. We do think. We're like, but you wouldn't want to live in it. That's what I'm trying to say. Look at this paper mache house I made. It's beautiful. I'm not going to live in it. It's a paper mache house. Anything you build on this earth to the Lord is like that. It's like it's nothing. This earth will fail. Your best work will be swept away in the twinkle of an eye. But you, I made you before the foundation of the earth. I have chosen you to be my temple because you couldn't build something that was worthy for me to live in. But I built you up from the dust. And I breathe life on the inside of you. And I put my spirit within you. My spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. There's so much power in this room right now. 
Putting an expectation on the kingdom of God and a hunger on the inside is so key to everything God's wanting to do in this generation. And I feel that we are going to see such unbelievable miracles in this church. That's what the Lord has been showing me over and over again. Notable miracles. Notable miracles. We've been in a series, or we started a series on the book of Acts. I'll do part two on Sunday. But I used to, as a traveling evangelist, I'd ask the Lord, what, how do you shake cities? You know, because I don't want to just get up and shout, we're going to shake a city. I want to shake a city. I don't want to talk big and deliver small. Anybody with me? Come on. And for oftentimes, people talk really big and do nothing. And I never wanted to be that person. When I would travel anywhere, I'd be like, God, put something in me that leaves a deposit in these people. I don't want to just speak. And I don't, definitely don't want people to applaud me. I want to deposit something on the inside of someone that makes a difference in their world and builds the kingdom strong. Amen. It's my desire. And I would, I would study the book of Acts. I read the book of Acts probably six times a year. So probably every other month I read through it. Because to me it's the, it's the plan book of how the, lo- the church is supposed to operate. I mean, that's what it is. It's Acts. This is what we're supposed to do, okay? Anybody with me here? Anybody? You know, and when you, when you look at people and they have to put like, they break down scriptures in Acts so that they take out parts of it to make it more palatable, you have to ask yourself, why are you cutting out part of that scripture? Read the whole thing. People are like, what are you talking about? You'll know. You'll find it. People cut out. They put, they put Acts chapter, you know, uh, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Acts 1.8. They put Acts 1.8a and 1.8b. And they only quote 1.8b. And you shall be witnesses unto me and to all the earth and to Samaria and all Jerusalem, whatever, you know, the world. Because they want to cut out the Holy Spirit. There's been such a focus of the religious world to out the Holy Ghost. He gets things messy. He makes people shout. He makes people cry. He makes people laugh. He makes people run around the building. He makes things fall down on the ground. We can't let the Holy Ghost out. He'll get it out of order. What order is that? Your order. So you're not in line with God. What did he say? You can't figure it out. You just learn to flow with the Holy Ghost. If we got to run around the place eight times, that's what the Holy Ghost wants. Let's run, baby. Are you with me? I mean, come on, think about it. It's like dip seven times and you'll be healed. But we're always stuck at the place of, no, that's ridiculous. I don't want to dip seven times. No, we got better, we got better running tracks up at NTC. We got better things down at our church. But the Lord takes you to places of just humility in order to show forth his power and his glory through you. Amen. As I read the book of Acts over and over again as a traveling minister. There was two things that always stood out. Number one, people's hearts were so pricked by God, just moved by God, that they radically began to give. It was undeniable. All throughout the book of Acts, you see it. People would run forward to give. And that's crazy to think about. Like, have you ever really just had the Holy Ghost prompt you and you just had to give something? In this church, most likely we have. I have. And you're like, I don't want to give it. Your mind's like, don't give that. But your heart is so before the Lord, you give it. And why is that? Because it becomes the funding of the church. The local church was so wealthy, they took care of thousands of people. And we'll hit this more on Sunday, but think about that. You say, well, where did the wealth of the Catholic church come from? It came from the early church. And religion came in and began to control it. 
And I said it publicly, so get over it. But that's what happened. Because man tries to control what God establishes. And they try and build their own kingdom within a kingdom. And then when that kingdom is built, the glory of God is departed. Right, Ichabod on the door and watch God move somewhere where he's free to move. And we want to be the people that, that God is free to move in. Amen. And the second thing, no matter what, it's undeniable when you read the book of Acts. How did God shake cities? People radically gave and undeniable, unusual miracles happened. Not just a miracle of they came to a church building and they, they heard an ear that was hard to hear out of. But notable miracles God would use in the sense of someone that everybody in the city would know. God would heal them in such a, 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 an incredible way that it created uproar in the city. It was noised abroad. And I'm telling you, I can feel it in the spirit. That is what is going to happen in Claremont. That we are going to see notable miracles. Mark it down. Write it in your Bible. You can bet your life on it. God is going to do notable miracles in this city that will be spoken about from the highest office in the city all across the police force and beyond. I'm talking undeniable supernatural things are going to happen here in Lake County this year in the name of Jesus Christ. We're not talking about a hundred years from now. We're talking about God is looking to pour this out right here, right now. He is the God that says, I am. Not that I will be, but I am. I'm on it. I'm in it. He's doing it right now in our midst. Notable miracles. It takes a people. It takes a people that will keep their hearts pure. Revelation 2, 8 through 11 says, Write the following to the messenger of the congregation in Smyrna. For these are the words of the one who is the beginning and the end, the one who became a corpse but came back to life. I am aware of all of the painful difficulties you have passed through, your financial hardships, even though in fact you possess rich treasure. Anybody ever felt that before? It's like the word says you're rich, but you're looking at your bank account, and you're like, yes, Lord, I thank you. I'm rich beyond measure. Could I also have a little bit of play money as, as well? It's really hard to pay for a steak dinner with shurakarababata. I'm spiritually rich. <laughs> I'm fully aware of the slander that has come against you. Think about this right now. Boy, we're at a time where everybody wants to sling mud, aren't we? Slander upon slander. And really, honestly, we don't even need the world because the church does a great job of picking on, each on itself. We don't even need to address the world. That's why the world leaves us to ourselves and doesn't even bother reporting what we're doing because we're going we're gonna to tear down our own. As soon as the Lord begins to move somewhere, someone's going to pick at it and find a fault. You know, the Bible says if you look for evil, it'll overtake you. If you look for good, favor will find you. Amen. So stop looking for all the bad things in the church. The Lord has to use flawed people because he has to use you. Amen? And thank God for that. Otherwise, we'd all be rolled out and God would basically just have to, I don't know, we would just suffer. But God uses flawed people. I'm fully aware of the slander that has come against you from those who claim to be Jews, but they're not. They are a satanic congregation. Strong words, Jesus. Do not yield to the fear in the face of the suffering to come, but be aware of this. The devil is about to have some of you thrown into prison <laughs> to test your faith. For ten days you will have distress, but remain faithful 
to the day that you die, and I will give you the victor's crown of life. Then the one whose heart is open, let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is presently saying to all of the churches. The one who conquers will not be harmed by the second death. What I want to draw your attention to when I talk about a personal call for revival is an understanding of this. Evil is real. It's very hard for most of us to comprehend that evil exists in this world. There are people that would take pleasure in seeing you tortured. Evil is a very real thing. It, it manifests in many realms from greed and deceit and lying and abuse. All sorts of wicked things. Things we don't even talk about because number one, we don't even think it exists, but it actually exists. Evil is real. And when you read about revivals of the past, what you're going to begin to realize is that it was in a time when darkness was really showing itself. And people were getting so desperate in the midst of the darkness that they said, you know what? Fear, I tried fear, I'm tired of being afraid, I'm going to run after God and I'm going to give everything I've got. And either I'm going to discover that He is all that He says He is or I'll be taken out, but I'm not going to sit here and wait any longer. And I'm telling you, we are in this right now. That darkness is rearing its head, but the darker it gets, the brighter the light is going to shine. The thicker the oppression comes on this nation, the greater the freedom found and the glory of God will be to the church. Come on. And it's coming like a spiritual blanket to blind people's eyes and a hate. There is a hate birthed across this nation like I have not seen in my life. A spirit of hate where people are raging mad at anything that even looks like Jesus. They hate it to the core. They want to mock God. But let me tell you something. Don't worry about it. We don't have to defend God. Okay, so don't get in your mind that you got to correct them on Facebook. You don't have to defend your Heavenly Father. Trust me, He's got His own back. But what I'm saying is in the midst of that darkness, understand the personal call to revival. That how much more do you need a spirit of love? And the greater the hate that is poured out on this nation. Because people are going to come with that spirit of hate towards you. But when you have that spirit of love on the inside, it can break down the walls, sever all the darkness out, and totally set them free. That's revival. Revival has not just been about great meetings that are broadcast on Facebook. Revival boiled down as people encountering the Lord that are being radically changed. And if people aren't getting saved, people aren't getting healed, and they aren't getting delivered, then we are just building a kingdom within a kingdom. Because God's kingdom only advances through those things. Are you with me? What did he say? Stop fishing in a bathtub. I like that. The world is hurt. They are lost. They are angry, they are upset, and the church has the supernatural power of God. The anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. It doesn't just make a shout in church, but I do thank God for it. Amen? But you got to tap into it. Evil's real. The enemy is real. The kingdom of darkness is real. This is a time for us to put a focus on the kingdom of God in our lives and say this is the first priority of our household. That our house will be a house that is marked by our absolute undying devotion to the things of God. We will honor Him in prayer. We will honor Him in our conduct. We will open our word. We will study His word. And we will stir ourselves up in faith. And, and keep ourselves built up on the inside to stand against anything that comes our way. Amen. Evil exists all around us. Uh, the, the spirit released right now is meant to break the hope of people. Would you agree with that?
I mean, it feels like a time when, when hope is getting less and less frequent. People are giving up hope, which leads to the increase of suicides, where people are ending their lives when they shouldn't end their lives. People, young kids are ending their lives. Imagine that young kids, 10 years old, 11 years old, taking their lives because they feel hopeless. That's from hell, man. That's from hell. And the church has got to shine brighter than ever right now and show forth the glory of God one more time. We have a personal call to revival. Mocking will only increase. And pressure against us is going to continue to grow. But the more the pressure comes against the body of Christ, the more the Holy Spirit on the inside will rise up with a Holy Spirit pressure to combat the pressure of the world. And we're going to see an increase of the glory of God. When persecution came, the church exploded. So understand this. It's a time to begin to prophesy and, and declare miracles that are going to happen in this nation. Some of the darkest people that you see the enemy using, some of you the Lord is going to put them in your heart to pray them through. I believe we're going to see that. When we talk about notable miracles, you're going to see notable people, figureheads that have been used from the enemy and been a part of the scheme from darkness are going to have radical transformations by the Holy Ghost. And they're going to turn around overnight and begin to declare a different message. And it will shock and astound the world. You say, how do I know? Because that's who God is. God uses people. Come on. Who was Paul? Paul was Saul, the lead persecutor of the church. The one that was breathing out threatenings. The one that would drag them from their house onto the streets. The one that laughed as they stoned Stephen to death. And they put his coat at his feet. That's who Saul was. Saul was not just a person that didn't know God. He was someone that vehemently fought the move of the Spirit with everything he could muster until he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And in one second, everything changed. Because when you meet Jesus, you are not the same person you ever were. You are totally different, rock to the core. God is about to begin to show up in people's lives in supernatural ways. But I'm telling you, get ready, because God is going to put on the inside of some of you a passion and an intercession for people that God wants to target to bring into the kingdom of God. Do you believe it? Shout amen. amen. It's a heightened spiritual climate we're in right now, which means expect things to begin to happen quickly and not over a long season. We're on this season or this time when you can expect God's going to do things. He'll put it on your heart Monday and it'll begin to happen by Wednesday. No longer six years I prayed this thing through. God's looking at acceleration because the first thing you got to understand is anything God's looking to pour in you and through you, He's already got 100,000 other people assigned to the same task because our God is not a small God. And the army of the Lord is not a handful of people. There are more with us than there are against us. Never forget it. Amen. Things are about to get so cooking in this nation right now. It's going to be two literal, two different, what's the word I want to use here? Dialects or things being declared. You're going to have the world that's going to do its best to ignore everything that is happening in the supernatural realm of the church. They will ignore miracles. They will ignore the dead raising. They are going to ignore all of it and do their best to promote nothing but darkness. But in the church world, that whole voice of what they have will get dimmer 
and dimmer and dimmer. And every threat they've ever thrown will be so far distant, it'll be like a radio that is turned down over there. We won't even hear it because we will be listening to an entirely different stream, one that is constantly showing forth the glory of God. Where when we think we ought to fear, we're hearing another person being set free. We're seeing another body healed. We're seeing another marriage brought to the fullness of what God has intended it to be. I'm telling you, get ready. You're a part of this thing. You're a part of this thing. God handpicked you to be here for such a time as this. It's not a sold out preacher alone that sparks a city change and nation shaking revival. It's many of us. It's the multitudes and multitudes in the valley of decision. As Joel said, in the last days, thousands upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision. And there the day of the Lord will soon arrive feel like it's a time, you know, years ago when I first started uh, street evangelism was 2003. My prayer life went to another level because I prayed so desperately that every house I knocked on, there would be no one home at. <laughs> I was terrified. And there was, a, there was a lady, she comes to our church sometimes now. She was the, she was the person that was assigned to train me. And so we're knocking on a door, no answer, and I'm like, shh, just pray. Six doors down, someone opens the door. And I was like, okay, well, at least I got someone that's going to train me how to win souls. So I looked at her, and I was like, take the lead. And she looks at the person and says, he would like to talk to you. <laughs> that, was, that was my training. And I'm like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> and I, I stumbled through a script. We had a little script. Do you know that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? People were like, no, I don't. You don't? Like, you're shocked, you know. Wait, you don't? Where have you been? What have you been, under a rock? I mean, I was living in hell, but I knew that. I mean, people told me about these things. You don't know that? I don't know that. Oh my. And then you're crying. I can't believe you didn't know that. He does. And then you lead them to the Lord. But in the, in the time since 2003, it's what, 2021 now, I've noticed myself. A polarization on the streets where it used to be really kind of neutral. You'd hit, some people be, you know, whatever. Now it's getting polarized. I mean, you go up to the wrong person and you just even, you don't even say anything. You're just like, smile. Excuse me, sir, could I just, no, no. <laughs> Seriously, has anybody experienced this? And you're like, I didn't even say anything. I, I said hello. Like, do you usually respond this way when someone says hello? <laughs> no. Ah! I was in Alaska. We were leading people to the Lord. It's pouring down snow. And I go up to a person at a bus stop. It's pouring down snow. And I'm like, excuse me. All I said was, excuse me. This lady started screaming, put her fingers in her ear, and ran over the hill and rolled down into the woods. I'm not, you can't even make this stuff up. I'm sitting there like, where is she going? <laughs> Screaming the whole way. Ah! All I said was, excuse me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she got demon. <laughs> I'm just going to say, something ain't right right there. I ain't got to hear your testimony. I already know you got a track record of broken relationships. 
You have blackout seasons where you don't know what happened. Let me just tell you right now, it wasn't good. <laughs> what happened? We can get you free of this thing if you get your fingers out of your ears and just listen to a little more than excuse me. I'm watching this lady roll down the hill into the woods. I'm actually generally concerned thinking, like, where it's cold. <laughs> like, that, that, I know enough to know you don't run into the woods in a blizzard. And the bus is about to come. So I turn to the next person, and I'm like, I was nervous to say anything. Now I'm like, now you're like whispering, excuse me. And all I said was, you know that God loves you? This girl started crying, weeping. And I'm like, what's going on? She was 17 years old. Both of her parents had died. She had a younger brother that was 14 years old. They didn't have anybody in their house, like, to take care of them. She was an underage lady taking care of her 14-year-old brother. And they were struggling to get by. And she said, this morning, we sat there alone in our house. And, and looked at everything bad that had happened, and we held each other and said, we decided that we would not give up on hope. Because there is good in this world, and there is a God, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna believe that He's going to send someone into our lives. And I sat there just overwhelmed. And you think that that's a story that's only one? That's all over this nation right now. People need Jesus. We carry something so pure and so real. Personal call to revival. It's never been about just screaming and running around a building, although the Lord does that, and it's always fun. When, when Chaplain Jan ran around the building two Sundays ago, that was like the greatest moment of my life. I tuck a tuck a tuck a tuck. I was like, you go. Like Chaplain Jan ran. That was awesome. Did you all see that? Bless my heart. We are people of the Lord, though. <laughs> Malachi 3, 13 through 18. Let me read this to you. Powerful scripture says, You've said terrible things about me, says the Lord. But you say, what do you mean? What have we said against you? You have said, what's the use of serving God? What have we gained by obeying his commands or by trying to show the Lord of heaven's armies that we are sorry for our sins? From now on, we will call the arrogant blessed. For those who do evil get rich. And those who dare God to punish them suffer no harm. This is what people have been saying. But then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other. Come on. And the Lord listened to what they said. And in his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and who always thought about the honor of his name. And they will be my people, says the Lord of heaven's army. And on the day when I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. Then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Let me tell you something. In the midst of everything, never lose sight of eternity. You want to live for God, let God, ask God to etch eternity on your heart. Say, I don't have a passion for souls. If you have a revelation of eternity, you will get a passion for souls. And when you have a revelation of eternity, everything you endure in this world becomes so temporal. You're like, I don't care about any of this. You can say what you want. Your heart is still moved with compassion because all you're thinking about is eternity. 
Too many people are losing eternity right now. You don't even talk about the great white throne of judgment. People aren't talking about repentance. They're not talking about the truth of the kingdom of God. People think they get to heaven and they fly around with, with, with white robes and, and wings and a little halo. Stop watching all dogs go to heaven, people. <laughs> My God. When people are talking about what type of bow they want to get when they get to heaven. What are you talking about? You are not going up there to fly around naked like Cupid. Read the word of God. Read the word of God. What you do on this earth determines what you will have in eternity. It determines what you're going to walk into. Some people are going to walk into heaven by the skin of their teeth, the Bible says. Scarcely saved. Their life will go through the fire and it will be wood, hay, and stubble and nothing will be left. But they will still be saved, but one that just barely gets by. What's that mean? There's going to be people crossing into eternity with nothing to show for their life. And then there's going to be people that you didn't even think anything about are going to cross into heaven with great crowns and great things to throw at the feet of Jesus because they were not investing in worldly things alone. They were investing in eternal things. You want to do something right? Start thinking about eternity now. Amen? It's real. This life's but a vapor, and you're not promised tomorrow. Think about the people that eat right and do everything right. Listen, do it. Take care of yourself. Whatever you do, let joy be in your heart, first and foremost. Stop. This is world is dying from comparison. My God, everybody's miserable. Everybody, I don't have the right body. I don't have the right house. I don't have the right car. I don't have the right hair. I don't have the right eyes. I don't have the Shut up. You got what you need to have. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Find something that gives you joy and focus on that. Stop being miserable. Amen. Stop it. Quit it. If what gives you joy is making ornaments out of clay, make them ornaments, baby. Dreidel, 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 I made you out of clay. Dreidel, 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 with dreidel I shall play. That's right, you do it. You do you, boo. No, really, you do need to do that. People are miserable in this world more than ever because of the social media aspect of this world. No generation has ever faced comparison like this generation. That's why people are killing themselves. Because you don't measure up. You will never be the best at anything, but you are precious in the eyes of the Lord. And you want to find purpose. God made you for a purpose. When you find that purpose, it will spring up as a well of joy on the inside of you. And then you do that. You don't have to be other people. Thank God for that, right? What if I tried to be like, like other people? Man, I'm not, it would not work out. I used to get picked on for using humor when I preached. And for a while, I tried to not use humor because I wanted to be holy. And they were saying it's not holy. So I was like, well, I want to be a holy preacher. So then I didn't use humor. And then my wife was like, I don't want to be in your meetings. She would sit there with headphones on watching Todd White. What are you doing on the floor, babe? I had to tell her one time, I had to tap her and be like, babe, your headphones aren't actually plugged in. We can all hear that. <laughs> Love you, honey. Keep preaching. 
Tell me when it's over, eh? <laughs> so then I tried to be Todd White, and that didn't work very good either. First of all, I couldn't even get my toes in those shoes. I tried, man. You know, you know why he's so powerful? Because Todd knows who he is. Amen? Find out who you are. Don't be someone else. If you're someone else, you're a mediocre copy of that person at best. Be you. Amen? And find what gives you joy. People are like, does it matter? Some people get so miserable in the kingdom of God because they focus on all the issues going on and they're just so wrapped up in the spiritual battle that they're miserable to be around. And you don't want to be that person either. Learn how to trust that God's going to do something. He can give you joy and you can still have an impact in this world. Amen. But you're going to have a greater impact if you're actually happy about it. Because who in there ever looked at a depressed, sour person and thought, I want to listen to their advice? Right? When they look like they're going to jump off a bridge three minutes later, you're not writing down notes like, this is good, this is good. <laughs> Looks like victory is working in for you. No, you're not walking in it. That's why the joy of the Lord is our strength. Be strong. Amen. Thank God for that too. I am grateful that the Lord embraces joy. A merry heart doeth good like medicine. Amen. And that's why the Lord gives joy to people. <laughs> I might as well talk about it. It's come up a few times. And people, people don't have discernment for these things either. We were in a revival. When I was just talking with them about this, and we talked about it in the men's thing. Just talking about it all the time. Like. And they, they got in a special guest worship leader. And they were like, isn't she so anointed? And everybody was crying all the time in the services, just crying. And I have nothing against crying. You know, you've seen me cry. I try not to cry because I'm a man. I'll tell you another day. The more they try and make men women, the more you're going to see me just do manly things. I'm going to stop wearing deodorant just to be like, I'm a man. I'm going to like wear white t-shirts with pit stains to preach, just be like, I'm a man. I'm, pro probably, I'm probably only two weekends away from like strapping like a six gun to me as I preach. Like boots with spurs on it, being like, yeah. I'll get like that 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 chewing gum that looks like chewing tobacco because I don't chew tobacco. Stuff's disgusting, but the the bubble gum's good. And get a big chaw in while I preach, and be like, ding. People say why? Because you're trying to make me be a woman, and I'm a man. Hear me roar. <laughs> I'm actually a sensitive man, but I'm going to become unsensitive just to so be the title man that you say I'm not supposed to be. 
Where are all the men? Amen. Seriously, the narrative of this world, you have to decide to be totally blind to not see what's happening right now. It's hit retarded level. It has. Maybe that's not a politically correct word, but that's probably not the only non-politically correct thing I've said tonight. Let's be honest. I'm probably going to throw midget out any second. <laughs> I just, I blow everything out. Just say it all. Asians, I'd say it all. First of all, let's just hit that too. Asian hate. I have never in my life ever witnessed someone that didn't like someone because they were Asian. I'm like, this is made up. I'm 38 years old. I have never witnessed this ever. And they're like, stop Asian hate. Stop Asian Communist Party. I'll, I'll, I'll get, you know, I'm against communism. But I have never. I'm like, they're just throw, they're just making things up now. Next thing you know, they're going to be like, stop donut loving hate. And I'm going to get behind that movement. I'm going to be like, you, you, you write it down. Donut lives matter. All right. It matters. The more this world tries to, to eradicate sensibility, the church has an obligation. And that's what I want to tell you about a personal call to revival. It's just having a backbone to stand. And say, no, that is not truth. You're telling us that's true. That is not in us. We are not who you say we are. That is not in this world. We've, we stand against that. We will stand against that all of our days. We don't have hate in us. We have love in us. I love every person. Amen. I can see differences because we're all made different. And that's for the glory of God. Because we're all made in the image of God. So every person you meet shows you another side of God. And I rejoice in that difference. Amen celebrate the fact that God made you unique. You're not a cookie cutter person. Amen. You stand alone. In a crowd of a billion, you're one. And that's who God made you to be. But you don't have hate in you. And don't let the world try and tell you you're full of hate. And don't let them tell you God's not moving. And don't let them tell you God's dead. And don't let them tell you that God's not going to turn this thing around. And don't let them tell you that you have to fear anything because you don't have to fear anything. Because he is on your side. Amen. If you believe it, give the Lord a shout of praise. I'm going to read the scripture I read Sunday because two Sundays back. Luke 22, 31 through 32 says, Peter, my dear friend, listen to what I'm about to tell you. This is Jesus speaking. Satan has obtained permission to come and sift you all like wheat and test your faith. Would you agree that that is what is happening in this nation right now? There's such a sifting going on. Luke 22, 31 through 32. But I have prayed for you, Peter. Jesus said, I've prayed for you, Peter, that you would stay faithful to me no matter what comes. Remember this. After you have turned back to me and have been restored, make it your life mission to strengthen the faith of your brothers. Talking about a personal call to revival. Everything you've walked through. It's strengthened you and made you stronger. And it's so that you can actually sit there to another person and say, you know what? Life may not be hunky-dory all the time, but Christ is always sufficient. And he will see you through. And there is not a storm that this world can cook up that he is not the master of. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Amen. 
and I would rather stand for God all of my days and be mocked by every man than be celebrated by every man and not known by God. Amen? Personal call to revival. We want to see America shaken. Who's with me in this? I mean from the White House to every house. I'm talking I want to see a wave of divine healing. And I'm just hitting it. I mean, I've been in many meetings. I've seen miracles, but it's been drops here and there. You know, and I'm ready to see crowds of people. I'm ready to hear bones popping as they come through the door. I'm ready, uh, um, I'm ready to see blind eyes just one after another being restored. I'm ready to see stretchers coming into the church again because word is spread that God is moving. And I, I say, let it happen, let it happen, let it happen. But you got to stir yourself up, church. Come on. you got to stir this thing up. Stop filling yourself up with all the lies of the world which eradicate the faith on the inside to, to press past. Stir yourself up in the realms of the Spirit so that you carry something for this generation. When we come in full of faith, expecting supernatural things and then spreading it, packing this place out. Why? Because all week long we can't stop telling people about get ready. People that are sick, you need to come to the river. Why? Because God's going to heal you there. I'll pray for you here and you need to come there too. And then just keep bombarding it until the city is so overcome with the love of Christ and the true encounter with Jesus that it spreads like wildfire and we can shake Orlando. Come on. Orlando is like getting to be a cesspool. Let's be honest. No, there's places when we, we, we try to hire the police, they don't want to go places in Orlando right now. There's whole areas they're like, do not go into Pine Hills. Let me tell you something. You've got to stand up as a body of Christ and say, that's exactly where we're supposed to go. Amen. Who's with me on this? we got to shake this city. Speaking of that, tomorrow in, 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 in McKinney Park, Katrina, wave your hand. Justin, wave your hand. They're doing an Easter event. They've been ministering every week to the kids in McKinney Park, right up the road on Bloxham Avenue. What time is the event tomorrow? What time is the event? 12 to 3. If any of you want to come out tomorrow and you're free to come help, lend a hand. They're going to preach the gospel. They're going to do an Easter egg hunt and they're going to minister in McKinney Park. We've been going to that park for a while. They've now taken it over and just running with it. And they're going to be doing, uh, we were saying that we're going to turn the whole neighborhood around where we're going to get the young kids so on fire for God that the whole perception of the, of the community is going to shift that the cool thing is to serve God. Yeah. Amen. Let's make serving Jesus the cool thing. Amen. Can we do it? Are you strong enough? Are you strong enough? Are you really a strong Christian? If you were arrested for being a believer, would they be able to hold you in jail? You, yeah, you would definitely go down to the death sentence. It's okay. But we're standing at this time, and it's like a time that I feel, number one, the enemy has awoken, and I, I, I hate to use the term like the Lord was sleeping, but it's like I feel like the Lord in heaven is stirred to begin to roar like never before. I can't describe it any other way. I just feel the Lord is like activated and ready to pour out, like, and he's just looking for anybody that would stand and prophesy. And he's like, if you would lend me your mouth, the things I would say. <laughs> Come on. I feel heaven's like, like, oh, you, you oh, I'm going to do it. 
I'm going to shake it. And the whole dream I had about that spirit that I wrestled. Man, as I woke up and I asked the Lord, 4 o'clock in the morning, the anointing was buzzing off of me. I was like, God, what is that? What is this? Because, you know, you, you, you're taught and every preacher always tells, you know, what is the name? Is it the Jezebel spirit, the Python spirit, the Hezekiah spirit? You're like trying to figure it out. Like, <laughs> like, it, like it even matters, you know what I'm saying? But we've been trained it, so you're like, spirit, who are you? I'm Donut King. <laughs> Come out, Donut King. (laughs) Sorry, I'm making fun of myself, actually, because I'm the one that said it. Who who is the spirit, Lord? It's like we're all, like, in the Christmas carol. What spirit are you? Are you the spirit of the Christmas? Whatever. I'm just waiting for the testimony when they're like, and the spirit said, Roy. (laughs) His name was Roy? (laughs) But the Lord said, it's a roaming spirit. It doesn't have a name. I was like, okay. And you know what actually hit me? I know it wasn't wasn't Roman Roy. What hit me Monday after the Sunday I shared the dream, I began to think about that because the scripture talks about a Roman spirit that seeks to find a house that is cleaned, emptied, swept, and it will bring seven more wicked with it. And the, the state of the house will be worse than it was when it started. What was 2020 all about? The churches were found swept, cleaned, and emptied. And that thing hit me when I thought about that Monday. I was like, man, God is like, the enemy released the best that he had. But yet we're all still here. We're all still on fire. Probably more on fire than we've ever been. Let me tell you, like everything the enemy does, when he acts, he discovers he screwed up because the God that we serve is better than anything he could ever plan. And he picked on the bride. He picked on the bride. And the groom is rising up saying, you touched my bride. You're going to have the wrath of the Almighty. We are standing on the brink of the greatest, glorious outpouring of the power of the Holy Ghost. If you believe it, shout amen. Amen. Jesus. Ramabasatata. Can I get someone on the the thingy up there? Lolo, ninja style. Ninja, come out of a hole somewhere. I'm telling you guys, it was on me all week long. Why this matters. Come on, bro, you're 20 seconds late. Usually you got this, dude. We'll talk about it after the service. No more cupcakes for you before church. (laughs) 
He's, he's grateful for humor. But I, I thought about that so strongly. And I said this Sunday, and I'll say it again. Let me tell you something. Do not judge the church and try and condemn people as of yet. Because our God works in realms we cannot see. And I'm telling you, some of the places, they did the best that they knew to do. But there's coming and awakening by the Spirit of God in them. And we're going to see some houses that the glory of God had not been in for a while because they had gotten off track in the professional building of a church. But they're going to be on their faces and on their knees. Some of these leaders are right now doing that. And the Lord is re rebranding the bride and resorting things out. And these people were birthed in fire and their God's going to see them through the fire and they're going to stand back again in pulpits that had pushed the Holy Spirit out and they're going to say no longer will we push the Holy Spirit out. No longer will we try and contain what God wants to do. No longer will we put any type of control that this is God's meeting and not our meeting and the power of God is going to fill the churches of America once more. It'll be glorious, it'll be spectacular, and it's going to happen this year. God is going to have major, you're going to see even this year, major men of God are going to have a turnaround where they're going to come out and say they'll repent for the things that they had gotten wrong. They're going to say that they got off track and the enemy led them this way and they got concerned about this and the opinions of men, but they're going to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And when they get up and begin to declare it, God is going to speak through them. And this nation is going to see that our God has never been asleep. He's never been distant and he's never been away. That he's been right smack dab in the midst of everything. And that he wants to do something great in this hour. And we're a part of that. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.